0: Awesome. Thanks, Larry. I think we've got Zach and Jesse.
1: If you want to kick it off here, Jesse.
2: Sorry, my mouse was like malfunctioning. Um, Yeah, um, so today, well, I just want to say thank you for allowing Zach and us to share. I'm really excited to share today with you guys. Um, So my part of my favorite jesus moment is the fact that jesus died um and i think it helped me with a lot of the things that i was feeling this year um when i was like sick with covid i started to just like study out death (laughs) that's what i ended up doing because i just felt like we're all so surrounded by it and like my mom passed this year and we're watching the numbers of people die on the screen all day. And, um, I don't know if everyone heard, but my puppy died like two weeks ago. And so I just feel like I'm just so surrounded by the realization that I'm going to die and we're all going to die. And it's just like, that's like a real thing, but also that Jesus dying was such a big deal. Um, and the scripture that I wanted to read is in, um, first Corinthians 15. This is going to be a little, this is going to be a bit of a chunk, but so bear with me. It says, but if it is preached that Christ has been raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? If there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has been raised, our preaching is useless, and so is your faith. More than that, we are then found to be false witnesses about God, for we have testified about God, that he raised Christ from the dead. But he did not raise him if, in fact, the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, then Christ has not been raised either. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile, you are still in your sins. Then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ are lost. If only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are all, we are of all people who most be pitied. But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead also comes through a man. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive. But each in turn, Christ the firstfruits then, that when he comes, those who belong to him. Then the end will come when he hands over the kingdom of God to the Father after he destroyed all dominion, authority, and power. For he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet the last enemy to be destroyed is death. And I think sometimes for me, I always focus on like Satan's my enemy. Satan's my enemy. He's my enemy. And that's true. But I think there is a silent enemy that's guaranteed and doesn't really need to trick you or get in your mind and make you think other things. And that's death. Like that is truly The thing that Jesus was trying to fight against is the fact that we're going to die and most importantly die in our sins and how much of a permanent disconnect that is. And I think that's what I'm like learning with losing my mom, why death is so painful, why it's the sting of death is because there is a permanence to it and there is a separation. The same that Jesus felt, that God felt when we were in our sins, there is that wall. I can no longer communicate with her. It is a different situation. And so I think for me coming to that, I think God was trying to help me. Like, I know all of these things happened to you and your mom died and you feel like you're dead, but you're not. You're not dead. Like you have to use the time that you have right now. And also we just don't have time. I just don't have time to, really feel sorry for myself I think there's a time for that but for right now the future is very limited I just don't have time to think about myself I'm kind of sick of being in my head sick of focusing on myself and realizing that I just don't have time for this and I think Jesus really encapsulated that that he knew when he was going to die and those three years didn't take any moment for granted um and I can hand it off to Zach
1: yeah, thank you, Jesse. That was great. Uh, I kind of want to, yeah, pick up what, what she was talking about with that, you know, Jesus conquered death. And so kind of what do we do with, with life? So when we were talking about, uh, favorite Jesus moments, the, the first one that always pops into my head is, uh, in Luke four, uh, when he, Jesus is in the synagogue in Galilee. And I'm just going to read a quick section of that. It says he went to Nazareth. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. He began by saying to them, today, the scripture is fulfilled in you hearing." Um You know, I think Jesse was sharing about how she's been feeling and, and dealing with death. And I think everybody, you know, myself included, has had kind of a roller coaster of uh, emotions throughout this year and, that that's not unique to us or unique to the church but that our you know community feels that too and that that's something that Jesus understood and that's the reason that he came here to to set us free you know to proclaim the good news and to to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and and to proclaim for the oppressed and that you know Jesus came he knew he was going to die but he knew that in doing that that he was going to conquer death and that we could live freely and that that really is good news and that that's why we're here right now talking about you know jesus on a sunday morning and that we all uh have been set free that we're not prisoners to uh to our sin we don't have to fear uh death in that way we know that we have our hope in in God, we have our hope in, in being raised from the dead along with Jesus, that, that we died with him and that we're also going to be raised with him. Uh, and I think, I feel like lately I've, I've been really, uh, feeling isolated and feeling like I haven't been, you know, pro- proclaiming the good news as much or been kind of kept to myself and I feel like that's been uh, weighing on me. So when we were talking about, uh, you know, communion and about Jesus and we started sharing, you know, Jesse and I, things that we wanted to do, uh, in the community and, and different ways to be able to, to have an impact on, you know, those around us that, that people are hurting and that people are looking for good news and that, that Jesus, you know, called, you know, through the cross, we, we participate in Jesus' death, and then we're supposed to live, you know, clothe ourselves with Christ and live as, as Jesus and, and, and proclaim that good news uh, to the people around us. Uh, and I think that's really just looking at the impact of Jesus' life, that he, you know, died at a young age, but that he lived every moment uh, with a purpose, that he was, you know, in people's lives, healing the sick, listening to people's issues, that he was, you know, going to people's houses and just, you know, having an impact on their everyday life. And I think that's the challenge that that I uh, have issued to myself and being able to, to do that. And how can I get in people's lives in the community and have uh, that impact? Uh, because I don't know how long I'm going to be here. I don't know how long the people around me are going to be here. Um, but to really live live life with that uh, sense of urgency, that impact and that heart for people uh, that Jesus had, because the cross really is good news. Um, that That's why we're here. And I'm excited to uh, be able to repent of some of <laughs> selfishness or, or those things and be able to uh, let the cross impact me in that way. Thank you all for <laughs> listening. Let's bow our heads and, and pray for the service and the community. Uh, dear Heavenly Father God, thank you for who you are, Lord. Thank you for uh, coming to this earth for for dealing with the the challenges of, of human life uh, and for for laying the groundwork for how we should live God that you uh, lived a perfect life, Lord, that you have conquered death so that we don 't have to be afraid we don 't have to be paralyzed in our fears or our doubts or, or whatever it may be God, but that you have come to give us life and to give us life to the full, God. I pray that we can uh, just be, be carried along in our days thinking about the, the impact uh, of the life that you had on this earth, God, uh, and, and how that has set us free in our lives, God, and how uh, that can really set the people around us free, God. I pray that we can uh, have the heart and the compassion for people that you did, Lord, uh, and be able to go out in our, our communities and really have an impact uh, in, in, this, in similar ways to you, Lord. I uh, thank you for your, your body that you sacrificed on the cross, God, and the blood that you've spilled, uh, so that we can be set free from sin and be here together today, God. I uh, thank you for who you are. That's in your son, Jesus name.
0: <clears throat> Thanks, Jesse and Zach. That was profound. That was amazing. Thanks so much for sharing. I just felt like there was a lot of, a lot of just kind of realness, of course, but then just a lot of faith in what you guys are talking about. I really, really appreciate that. I wrote down these statements. I am not dead. I just kind of thought, wow, that's really true. I'm not. I'm alive. I have an opportunity. God's given me a brand new day. I like Jesse when you said, I don't have time to focus on myself. There is time for that, and there's time for mourning, but... There's also time to, you know, to really take hold of life to the full. Zach, when you talk about I have nothing to fear, I don't have to fear death. That's something that's so unique to us in Christ. I love that. And I just love when you guys are talking about living every moment. And uh, just, it's, it is a special, there's a special challenge going on in all of our lives right now. But I just think those things that you talked about are so, so appropriate. And yeah, I really appreciate really admire the both of you and, and really appreciate uh, just what you shared this morning. Thanks so much for leading our thoughts and communion. It's um it's awesome. And what a privilege it is for all of us just to be able to have something that anchors us to keep us going back to the realities of of our, our faith in God and being able to to live differently because of the one that we follow and the one that we've put our faith in, the one who rose from the dead, who conquered even death. It's such an honor, it's such a privilege. And I think that's really what so much of what a communion is about. It's just reminding us of some of those basic life-giving truths, and that life-giving love that God has for has for all of us and that and that new life that we get to live every single day. So so thank you. Hey, so this morning, Sue got up And she kind of, she kind of took that next step in the path of being a Vermonter. And, uh, she and Nick went down to the Winooski River. And Sue this morning sent the photo in of her first largemouth bass. (laughs) There it is. First largemouth bass caught in the Winooski River. Sue did a little happy dance down there at the river. And, uh, we won't show you that one, but <laughs> it was just an awesome moment for her and uh, and so anyhow, just another reminder of how good it is to be in Vermont and how much we love being here. but um anyhow, it just kind of it's, it's just kind of uh, thrilled my soul. Guys, I am married to a legitimate angler, and so anyhow, I'm pretty fired about that. I sent her my emoji with the uh, with the heart eyes. So much, so so in love. <laughs> um, so this morning, we're going to talk, continue our conversation about faith. It just seemed to Sue and I that it's so appropriate that we just kind of spend some time talking about really building up our faith, building up our trust, our belief, and not letting go of that that just incredibly important part of who we are individually, who we are as a community, is we are a community of faith, and we see the invisible. We see what others can't can't see. And in so many ways, faith is illogical to the to the to the human to the human mind. It's um, it's irrational. But to those of to those of us who are learning how to see God and learning how to 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 notice God, it it's it's more real than than anything else. And it's something that, um, it's something that that we have to keep cultivating to really be able to awaken those eyes of faith in our heart and in our soul. And so that's really what we're going to be spending this, uh, this, this summer doing is just talking about some of our favorite stories of faith. And so my, my lesson this morning is entitled, Count the Stars. Count the Stars. And we'll return to Genesis 15 here in just a moment, but I do want to pray and just kind of set our hearts uh, on learning this morning from God how to have greater faith so let's pray together father in heaven thank you so so much for this time just to gather uh, on zoom to see each other's faces to be encouraged by each other's smiles father help us to really be encouraged and heartened and lifted up father by the scriptures this morning by your word by your truth Thank you so much for what uh, Jesse and Zach shared this morning to put, kind of help us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Father, he lived a life of faith. that's so inspiring to us that we don't have to live by the, wor- the way the world lives. God, we can live by faith and hope and love. Thank you for that, God. Guide us by your spirit as we open up the scriptures this morning. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So the first verse I wanted to read is uh, from Proverbs chapter 13. <coughs> In verse 12, and it's a proverb that Sue and I have talked about quite a bit during these, during these times. And it basically just says this. It says, it says, hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a longing fulfilled is the tree of life. You know, and that, that, that hope deferred, that sort of that dreams deferred, you know, we were talking, uh, with, uh, Mackenzie Kafka the other day, and she was just talking about how challenging it is to dream in these times. And, uh, and, and we were saying, we were just kind of acknowledging that, like, during these times, it keeps, keeps feeling like even the dreams that we have are keep getting put off, keep getting put off again. And so it's, it's, it's like, how do I dream during a pandemic? How do I dream during these, these, uh, these strange times? And uh, it talks about how when 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 our dreams are deferred, when when our hope is deferred, it kind of makes the heart sick, it makes the heart feel kind of sick and um, and 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 depressed and sad. And I think there's something to learn there too. I mean, you know, blessed are those who mourn. There is a, there is a, a value in mourning and going through those feelings and processing through those. It's not necessarily a bad thing. But it does feel like the heart becomes sick when, when we can't see our dreams coming true right before our eyes or in the, in in our timing. But I think the thing about being sick is it starts, it starts us on a path of searching for remedies, of searching for solutions in a different way. Like when everything's going our way, then we don't tend to have that kind of same kind of desperation to find solutions and to find remedies. And so, and so, being in that place sometimes gets us more into a humble place of learning. Well, how can I get through this? What are the lessons that God wants me to learn? What are the things I need to learn about my faith? Or if we're sick, you know, physically, what are the things I need to learn about my body? How can I live differently so I don't go down this path again? And those kind of things. And so it kind of puts us into that, you know, we're not relying on ourselves as much as we're relying on God and the lessons that we can learn from God. You know, we were watching the movie Field of Dreams the other night. And the Field of Dreams, I don't know if you've ever seen that movie, but it's kind of a kind of a favorite around here. And it just talks to me about the kind of human's ability to long for things and the longings that God has put on our hearts. Humans have a unique ability to dream and to imagine and to hope and to long for things. But dreaming is risky. Dreaming is risky. Dreaming, uh, puts us into a place of having to, having to hope, put our hope in things that are, that are beyond our control. And so even in the field of dreams, it was kind of a story about longings coming true. And that's what it says here. But longings, longing fulfilled is the tree of life. And sometimes those longings take longer than we'd like them to. But those longings are in it, are, are, are are um, unique to humans. Dreaming and imagining is unique to us. And if anything, we don't want to lose that. We need to cultivate that. And that's really what Jesus comes along and says, no, cultivate that ability to have faith, to believe in the impossible. With man, these things are impossible. With God, nothing's impossible for God. All things are possible with him. And that's really so much of what God is trying to teach us you know, all throughout the scriptures. Turn with me, if you could, over to Genesis chapter 15. Genesis chapter 15. This is one of my favorite faith stories in the Bible. And it talks about the father of faith being Abraham. And it's a short story, but to me, it's, it's so relatable. It's something we can really take hold of in our, own, in our own journey. You know, of course, Abraham is the father of faith. And he, he had this radical understanding of God, that God is one, that God, there's only one creator God. Because so much of human, so much of our human tendency is to go not towards monotheism and putting our trust in one God, but we want to put our trust in a lot of gods. And so we tend towards polytheism. You know, we put our trust in the work God. We put our trust in the bank account God. We put our trust in the money God. We put our trust in our own talents, God, and so you know, for 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 most humans, they've got a long list of gods that they're bowing down to and trying to to please, you know, every day. And Abraham Abraham comes along in a very polytheistic society and says, "No, there's one God, and we can trust Him. We can trust Him with our with our past. We can trust Him with our present. We can trust Him with our future. He is faithful. He loves us." He created us, and in fact, we are made in his image. And it took a lot for Abraham to hang on to that faith because he was challenged himself. Everything didn't go right, right, didn't go well. And he, you know, he had in his life this longing for an heir, this longing for a son that didn't come true for a long, long time. A lot of other things did, but this particular thing, he had to really grow in his faith. He had to really search for faith and grow in his faith as he, as God kind of guided him along that path. And so Abraham becomes the father of faith for us. And so I wanted us to kind of drop in on a faith training sesh right here. So God, God is training the father of faith in faith. And so we get to kind of drop in and kind of be a little fly on the wall in terms of this particular training session and learn How Abraham became this pillar of faith in, in, in the history of, of humanity. And so that we can become, we can grow in our faith as well. So let's start here in Genesis chapter 15 verse one. It says, after this, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. He was still kind of in his training stage. He didn't even have the, the name Abraham yet. He's still Abram. He's still a young guy in his faith. He's still training and understanding God's vision for his life and God's God's uh, direction for his life. And he says what he says to so, so many times in the Scripture. He says, do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your very great reward. But Abram said, O sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless? And the one who will inherit my estate is Eliezer of Damascus. Isn't that just like us? We've been blessed with all these things because Abram had been blessed in pretty much every other area of his life. And yet what he's kind of focused on here is the area where he's not received the blessing yet. And so he's kind of like, yeah, God, that's really awesome. That's really great. I really appreciate that, that, that pep talk. But how about this area of my life? And in verse 3, it says, and Abraham said, you have given me no children, so a servant in my household will be my heir. Verse 4, then the word of the Lord came to him, this man will not be your heir, but a son coming from your own body will be your heir. He took him outside and said, look up at the heavens and count the stars, if indeed you can count them. And then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. Abraham believed the Lord, and he credited it to him as righteousness. God wasn't looking for Abraham to be perfect, but God was looking for Abraham to intentionally put his trust and his belief and his faith in the one creator, God, his father, God. And so he credited this to him. So when Abraham took that risky step, and, and believed in something that everyone else would call him foolish for believing in. When he took that step of faith, even though he was still struggling, God credited it to him as righteousness. But I love this training session because what does God do? He doesn't go on some long, you know, discourse on faith. He basically just says, Hey, Abraham, come on outside. Let me show you something. <laughs> and he says, he says look up at the heavens look up at the heavens and count the stars if indeed you can count them isn't that so refreshing when we're kind of in our head like Jesse was talking about and we're kind of you know in our own thoughts and in our, in our own worries and in our own all concerns and our complaints and um, <clears throat> and by the by the way god isn't overwhelmed by that god can handle our complaints God can handle our cries for help. He wants to hear our heart. And so often when we just get it out there and talk to God about it, it's part, it's so much a part of the solution in working through those. But so Abraham's kind of in his head. And so God says, come on outside. He says, look up at the stars. You know, we get a, we get a unique opportunity to do that in Vermont because the night sky can be so flat out inspiring. You know, um, So many places that you go in Vermont, it just reminds us of God's eternal power and his divine nature, like it says in Romans chapter 1, verse 20. That um that there's God out there. So so what's happening here, guys? So Abraham's in his head, God calls him to go outside. What's going on? Well, immediately Abraham's point of reference changes. His point of reference changes from human point of reference. And what I don't have to to this incredibly unexplainable display of God's power and God's grace and God's imagination and God's eternalness and God's hugeness and so many other aspects of God, his divine nature, his his eternal power. It reoriented Abraham's perspective. He got some oxygen. Now, I I don't know how well ventilated the tent was, but he got some oxygen. Went outside and go, which is good for the heart. It's good for the brain. It's good just to get out there. He saw, he started getting filled not only with oxygen, but also with wonder. He started getting out of his head and looking at the stars. And when God asked him to count the stars, there's kind of that idea of, could I count the stars? Could I even quantify who God is and what God has made? Well, if God is able to do that out of nothing, then what is God able to do in my life? And so He's oriented towards God's power. And so He's oriented towards believing in that power as compared to His own rap, his own logic or his own human power. You know, it's interesting when when I first came to Vermont, I got a chance to speak at the men's uh Camping trip. And I'll never forget the night, the first night where we just got some time to pray together. And there was a group of us that went out to the uh, basketball courts out there at the campground and we laid on our back kind of with our circles kind of in a head, just looking up at the stars and we just prayed. And I'll tell you, it totally reorients your perspective. And the thing that was so cool to me in that is that Lane was in that circle and that Lane was studying the Bible. And that Lane became one who would inherit the promise that was talked about here in Genesis 15. Because God said to Abraham, so shall your offspring be. And so we're out there being reminded of God's promises and reminded of God's power. And and Lane's right there. And, and i never forget just kind of meeting Lane at that point. And then when I heard of Lane, you know, repenting of his sins, Turning himself in to the God who created the stars and being baptized into Christ, being buried and then rising to a whole new life. I was just amazed and I was inspired again. And it's so cool, Lane, isn't it that, that, that you were, you inherited the promise that was made that Abraham didn't really want to believe in. And that because of God's promises that we can all be alive today, as Jesse and Zach were talking about a little bit earlier. Look over in Romans chapter 4. And we're going to end out here. Romans chapter 4. You know, God is trying to help us to see differently. And a lot of faith is seen differently than perhaps our default way of seeing things is oftentimes. Or, you know, is very different from how the world tends to see things. And so in Romans chapter four, it 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 it's kind of a commentary on the, the verse we just read in Genesis uh fifteen. And it and it uh it helps us understand kind of in, and have insight into how we handle challenges in our life, what God really wants from us, um, how we turn how we turn unbelief and negativity into faith and belief. And, uh, and there's some real, there's some real powerful insights here into this uh, this this walk of faith that we're trying to to live. But in Romans chapter four and verse sixteen, it says, "Therefore the promise comes by faith, so that it may be by grace and may be guaranteed to all Abraham's offspring, not only those who are of the law, but also to those who are of faith of the faith of Abraham." I love that. He is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. He is our father in the sight of God, in whom he believed, the God who gives life to the dead and calls things that are not as though they were. Wow. Verse 18, against all hope, Abraham in hope believed. There's that hope deferred kind of, you know, Abraham was was feeling kind of sick because his hope was deferred. But against all hope, Abraham in hope believed and so became the father of many nations. Just as it has been said to him, so shall your offspring be. Without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead since he was about a 100 years old and that Sarah's womb was also dead. Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had the power to do what he had promised. This is why, quote, it was credited to him as righteousness. The words, it was credited him, were not written for him alone, but also for us, to whom God will credit righteousness, for us who believe in him who raised Jesus our Lord From the dead, he was delivered over to death for our sins, and was raised to life for our justification. So that's some commentary. That's some that's some insight. We get some really good stuff there. But here it gets a little bit more practical. In chapter five, I'm going to read verses one to five. Therefore, it's always a good place to kind of pause and go, okay, here's some here's some really important lessons coming now. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. We stand in unmerited favor of God. We're a blessed child, a blessed son and daughter of God. And so we stand in this grace. And a verse it says, and, and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. But then he gets into a little bit of a radical, a little bit of a, uh, counterintuitive, a little bit of a countercultural idea right here. You guys ready for this? He says, we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God, but not only so, we also rejoice in our sufferings. In Christ, it's incredible because we can know that our sufferings aren't, our sufferings are important, that Jesus went through suffering that he was made perfect through his suffering, that suffering is sometimes hardship, suffering, adversity, is sometimes our greatest teachers. And if we look around ourselves, we find that the strongest people among us are typically those who've been through the most suffering, but have risen above with faith, hope, and love. And so he says, not only so, we also rejoice in our sufferings. Now listen to this, because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, and here it is, hope. And hope does not disappoint us because God has poured out His love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom He has given us. Guys, we're all in training. And what God wants to train us in the most is our faith, hope, and love. And sometimes when we're feeling, when we're suffering, It's so that we can have more hope. Hardship is oftentimes the pathway to hope. And what I really believe is we're going to come out of this time of challenge and come out of this time of pandemic and the different challenges we've been facing physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and there's an opportunity to have more hope. Because suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not disappoint us, because our hope is in the creator God that loves us. And so there's a great prize, guys, that's waiting for all of us. On the road, and as we go down this, this path, there's a great prize. And it's prizes like things, things like grace, which the world doesn't see. The world is worshiping at the altar of their bank account, but there's, but that's so empty. We are going to, we are worshiping the one true God and we're receiving from it and for it, grace, unmerited favor, faith, love, hope, character, spirit, perseverance. You know, we can rejoice in the hope. We can also rejoice in our sufferings. God is doing something great in all of us, individually and together. He's pulling us together. He's knitting us together a little bit more closely. He's, he's, he's relying on all the ligaments, every supporting ligament, so that the whole body can feel stronger together as we walk down this path of growing in our faith together. So this is kind of the practical of the story of Abraham in Genesis 15 and beyond. And he kind of gives us a way to hang on to it and to not let go and to say, hey, this is for us too. This is for me too. There's a great benefit to this. You know, one of the things that I learned a long time ago from a friend as we were out praying was, was the power of thanking God for my problems. And I've talked about this before, but I'm, I'm still amazed at the power of just saying, God, thank you for my problems. Thank you for my challenges. Thank you for my adversity. Thank you for the pain that I'm going through. Because those kind of things are some of our wisest teachers. And we can see hardship differently because of the faith that we have in God. So I want to just give us a couple of practicals to finish out here. One is count the stars. Count the stars. Take time to go and smell the roses. Take time to go down to the river and get some fishing in because you're going to learn a lot about God. Take some time to get out there on those hikes and those walks. And then just take some time to stand and wonder. You know, I saw a bunch of pictures that the guys were sending over from the different hikes over the weekend. You know, and, and, and Katie and Ryan out there hiking. There's so much to learn. I love that picture where Peter and Steve were at the top, I guess, between the chin and the forehead up in the mountains. And there was all these people that were just sitting at the top there, looking at what God made. And I just thought, wow, people sitting in groups, just being wondered and awed, and and inspired uh, by what God has made. But count the stars, count the stars. Follow that, follow that 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 prompting that God puts in your heart. Say, hey, come on out here. I got a few things to show you. Second thing is is believe. Actually, second thing is never stop dreaming and don't stop believing. Never stop dreaming, don't stop believing. Those guys, That's that's gosh, that's such an important part of who we are. And when we lose that, wow, it just makes life a whole different experience. Jesus wants to stir that in us. You're the light of the world. You're the salt of the earth. You're created in the image of God. The world is your, is your playground. Fill the earth. Subdue it. Take hold of your gifts. Take hold of your talents. You're here for a reason. You're here for on purpose. Don't stop dreaming. Never stop believing. That's where the gift is. Thirdly, lean into hardship. Lean into the training. Suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character hope. At the end of that trail, even though it's been harder, you're going to be a much more hope-filled human because you've been leaning into the training. And then lastly, receive the blessing. Guys, let's look forward to our blessing. We're going to be better. We're going to be stronger. We're going to be more faithful. We're going to be more aware of God. We're going to be more in love with each other. We're going to be more in love with God. We're going to be more, feel more empathy towards our neighbor. We're going to feel more compassion towards uh, those around us because God is awakening in our own heart. We're going to treasure our relationships and our connections when we come back together because, because there's so much in this, guys. It's going to be a blessing as we lean into it, as we keep dreaming. Notes don't stop believing as we count the stars. God is faithful. God is our one creator, Father, God, and he is teaching us so much to be more alive. I love what Jesse and Zach shared. We're not dead. We ain't dead. We're alive, and God is making us more and more alive. We have nothing to fear. God is here. And let's lean into it and be better for it. I love you guys. Um, let's have a prayer, and then we'll have a few announcements, and then we'll stick around for some fellowship if you'd like. It's great being together. Let's pray together. Father, uh, thank you so, so much for this time. It's just so special to look into the scriptures. God, thank you that we can literally drop in on a training session of Abraham, the father of faith, the father of all the nations uh, of faith, God. And, and we can learn from him. We can learn from his struggles. We can learn from his victories. And, Father, you want to teach us uh, to be men and women of faith just the same. God, thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your love. Thanks for always leading us to, on to victory in Christ. We love you and God, we just pray for the strength, uh, and the faith and the spirit to take hold. We pray this in Jesus name. Amen.